Hello and welcome to the Weekend Review by the Voidu Podcast, Episode Seven, where we review all the goings on in the world of media, monetization, streaming, advertising, and the internet at large. I'm Anand, and with me, as always, is Kavita Shenoy, founder and CEO of Voidu. How are you doing, Kavita? Excellent. We both took a day off yesterday, and I'm pretty sure that it feels more like a Monday morning rather than a Friday Absolutely. morning. How was your day off yesterday? Very well, very well. Spent some time with family and had a lot of fun. Nice. Bangalore on a weekday when you can take the day off is always nice to stay away from very traffic. True. Very true. I know that you've been obsessing over a bunch of activity in the creator creator economy. Yeah. So what's been on your mind? So it started off with uh, ShareChat getting investment again. Uh, they raised about three hundred million dollars from Alphabet, Times, and Temasek. and now they are valued at wait for it 5 billion dollars it's interesting to note that there's such a lot of vc interest in the creator economy and i know that um i i know what you liked on linkedin that whole creator economy uh, cartograph yes by shapiro shapiro that's his name what is his full name evan shapiro evan shapiro it's interesting it's also very confusing how companies can be uh leaning towards a creator economy it can be leaning towards being a tech company and so on and so forth but this whole creator economy is kind of turning communication on its head and i think that is what's that's what's getting vc interest uh you know kind of peaking their interest a little bit along a little bit lot um and which are chat leading the gains in india there's another very interesting article i came across um by the cap table and uh, they were talking about how uh you know vc interest in this entire space is really hotting up across a whole bunch of other vcs uh in other uh short video services and other sorts of creator economy uh, apps uh interesting to note is that in when was it in may 2020 there was this big ban on tiktok and that was when i think you and i were just about getting used to understanding what tiktok was all about and then there was this big hoo ha and tiktok was just taken off the airs literally and i remember my children trying to like do some tiktok videos and we were not entirely clear whether this was good for them bad for them but you know the rug was pulled out from under our feet thankfully in a good way so we didn't have to deal with it but that entire ban led to a whole bunch of players building out a short video service app literally overnight so to put it into some numbers and some of these services i don't even know i didn't even know i, I didn't know it existed there was there was a company called like video called likey uh, they had 7.9% of the total internet audience of india and they had 30 million maus that's a little ridiculous do you even hear of this i'm in i plead the fifth because <laughs> if i admit that i had not heard of them people are going to wonder if they i've been living under a rock after tiktok tiktok at the time at its height was at 41.5% of the total share of the internet audience in india 41.5% and their maus were 159.8 million that is nuts and you cut to april 2022 share chat um, daily hunt and times mx spawned their own uh, sh- short video service babies uh, share chat has moj Times MX had Takatak, Daily Hunt has Josh, and Takatak and Moj uh, were combined. ShareChat bought it, and that's moved ShareChat from 3.6% of the total internet audience up to 23.2%. 
it is still nowhere close to 41.5% of tiktok's audiences so there's a big void clearly right and there are a lot of other people who are coming in like chingari and there's josh that's doing stuff um, and you know daily hunt has also launched in the middle east and they are trying to do a whole bunch of stuff there with all the publishers and news publishers over there so i'm sure they'll try and get more audiences and newer audiences but in general in india the void that was left behind by tiktok has still not been completely covered not even in this fragmented no it hasn't it hasn't so i'm wondering where did they all go did they all just drop off did they all do they still have this app secretly i don't know what what's going on like i have no idea um i was reading peter kafka's uh, newsletter on vox and it took me back to my my favorite quote which i know i've um, uh, shared a couple of times before which is in the early days of web 2 and in the movie social network when eduardo saverin walks up to uh mark zuckerberg and he says we need to monetize the platform mark zuckerberg or jesse eisenberg eisenberg famously famously says we don't know what it is just yet we don't know what it is and this guy is like what do you mean we have to monetize it we have to make money off the platform and i think that the short video apps have effectively brought that same question back to everyone's minds which is we don't know what it is because it's one of those platforms that for some reason is always in the air it it is not out of any conversation we have about the internet monetization media advertising everything that we talk about so often and it's also something that's oddly very close to us as as i want to say regular uh people not not um actors or act uh, who we would the creators or who we would typically associate with hollywood yeah because every time we see a viral video and we say oh this guy made x amount of money from it every one of my friends is like well, i could have done that i'm like well you didn't you didn't yeah you didn't do it imagine remember how everybody thought they were they thought of big basket before big basket yeah. thought of big basket yeah. Oh my god I yeah. knew this grocery had to go online somewhere And for me that that's what makes the mathematics of short video apps so interesting is it's within arm reach but not quite these are creators who are putting a ton of effort they've spent years before they became an overnight success but they're also everyday creators they're not professional actors they're not uh, uh big budget uh, filmmakers but Peter Kafka was talking about the media's res- media industry's response therefore to everything that is short video and tiktok in line with we don't know what it is yeah which is he said look there's a, there's a looming recession and everyone's talking about it I this is i feel like this is a conscious recession i feel there's something gwenet paltrow about this whole recession <laughs> <laughs> um but i remember back in 2020 when the pandemic first began um there was a looming recession at the time and interestingly media organizations were looking at two different types of hits one is the recession would slow down advertising spend which is always something that happens in a recession huge indicator yes two there's also a drop in consumer expenditure especially on subscriptions but today this looming recession also has a third element which is there is this attack on the attention economy because tiktok's coming for attention time spent and eyeballs which is also something which makes traditional media companies respond in a myriad of different ways um tiktok tiktok's numbers of course 90 minutes a day 2 hours a day the types of audiences that are giving them their attention and i feel like there's three or four different flavors of relationship that traditional media organizations have with short video apps the first one is they ignore it and say well this is not competition to us eh, wrong 
I don't think this is ever going to fly. Two is there are media organizations who look at it as some form of competition, but it really depends on what kind of a media organization you are. If you're a traditional television company, your time spent metric is very different from the kind of time spent that TikTok is reporting. And so it's fundamentally still competition for the same pool of attention, but your traditional metrics don't hold because it's not apples to apples. And so while it drains time spent, it's competition that has to be viewed very differently. Michael Nathanson was interviewed last week and he was asked point blank to name a single media company that's doing something about TikTok. And he said, nobody. Nobody's doing something concrete. There are a few people who acknowledge it. There are many who don't. It took him back to, I think, 2006 when there was an SNL video that went viral on YouTube and NBC threatened to sue YouTube. And so that was their reaction. Today, that's not happening. But in Peter Kafka's opinion, this is still a submerged iceberg because the mathematics of it are so different. And he puts it very beautifully. He says, you know, the thing about TikTok, which traditional media never had, is your next dopamine hit is just a swipe away. Yeah. That is a paradigm shift from any form of media. It doesn't matter how great your content library is. It doesn't matter if you have filler content. It doesn't matter how if you have rights to... Friends for the next 20 years, you don't have the mathematics of this. The third way in which media companies look at short video platforms is it might be competition in, in several ways, but the most important element is that it is competition for advertiser budgets. And that makes a lot of sense because I remember during the, during the last IPL, uh, when Dream 11 paid, I want to say $150,000 or $200,000 to Kabi Lami, who's a TikTok influencer, for a 30-second spot. All he did was wear a Dream 11 t-shirt. And so the, that for me is closer to the kind of competition that everyone should be viewing this as. And the last one is, of course, some media companies are really embracing it. They are putting some of their clips on TikTok, on Moj, on Josh, on Takatak. But I think a lot of them are trying to figure out what it can do for them. It, because if, it's, if the mathematics are so different, then the ROI is also going to be different. It might create awareness. You might become a friend to creators, which we know some media organizations in Southeast Asia are doing. But I think the ultimate hat tip is from new age media organizations who are copying technology and formats. Um, Netflix is doing it. They have, I think it's called Quick Bites or Short Laughs or something like that. YouTube has Shorts. Instagram has Reels. Everyone's trying to say, okay, that's the ultimate hat tip. Is I'm going to try and incorporate your format into my platform. Reed Hastings, who's always been known for uh, portending or sort of forecasting where the industry is going. Two years ago, when he was asked what keeps you up at night, he said TikTok. He did it. And see, he's one of those people who 10 years ago said, I need to compete with your ability to go out for the evening. So I think the beauty of this platform and the fact that it's such a paradigm shift is that it is giving everyone the ability to ask new questions that have never been asked before. Because this question of who is whose competitor, who's whose friend, who is whose foe is now something that can change every single day. Very true. Very, very true. And this concept of Knowing who's your competition is very, very important, especially since the pool for advertising is really limited. And this is something that, you know, even as startups, we were discussing this really long time ago about generating revenue and how that's a double-edged sword while you are going to raise money. Because the minute you hit payday, right, and you start getting money, you're only subject to a multiplier of that income that you're getting versus we don't know what it is yet. When you don't know what it is yet, sky is the limit in terms of how much you can monetize. And that's, I think, one of the things that 
even netflix is facing right now with the tumble that it's that it's currently going through on the stock market as well because it was so staunchly for just subscription revenue after a point unless you diversify there is going to be that question what next how many people can afford to pay pay for you or you know how many kinds of uh pricing metrics and pricing strategies can you have and so now they are kind of bending towards the advertising space and there are rumors out and and this superbly unfounded rumor that they wanted to buy roku and nobody's qualifying it obviously but i think the general spirit of the conversations that are out there uh, for netflix and getting into advertising is that they basically want to make sure that they are addressing the need for an additional revenue source fast they don't want to reinvent the wheel they want to make sure that they are able to get in into this entire space and they akin it to ring fighting right you have to come and you have to take a piece of that already existing fight there is no bigger canvas there is that much money on the table in terms of advertising in general and which is why it's always looked at as not such a uh you know it's not so in- innovative or inventive a revenue source but having said that there's a lot more to be said about advertising in general and how and how it is disguised in so many other ways which you know is is something that we see in the in the in the retail media industry um and you know what's happening with roku and walmart what are you, what is your take on it um the uh, first party capitals newsletter this week was talking about a bunch of mna activity that they are seeing in retail media which of course reinforces the general belief that it is going to become a giant category by itself which is something we've talked about a few times um roku and walmart have announced a partnership and we were reading more about what they're going to do together um roku has 61 million subscribers walmart moved 141 billion in revenue in q1 2022 what would you compare roku to in india it's like a dvr plus tata play it goes back to the question of what connected tv correct, is correct i would peg it somewhere between an apple tv chromecast or amazon fire stick right and enablers of connected tv correct so it's than... internet enabled content to your tv correct right okay correct. roku did something similar with kroger last quarter where yeah. they announced a partnership with a giant retail organization that was moving a big chunk of its business online so roku and walmart have announced that with this partnership they are going to enable purchases with your roku remote and effectively this is their signal to move beyond a qr code so what this is going to do is they are going to have overlays on top of advertisements on roku tv they're going to start with one of their channels but i think slowly experiment and move across other channels to basically enable shoppable tv but the whole idea is you get an overlay you click okay with your remote with the tv paused and there's no redirection to walmart.com there is no qr code it's just a straight up purchase and your credit card details are already stored with roku and the fulfillment happens through walmart so it's effectively the most seamless experience um which reminds me of two things one is the whole roku and kroger partnership yeah and two is i don't know if you remember amazon dash which of course was sunset in 2020 but is you click a button and everything's already taken care of yeah. i know what you're looking to buy i have your credit card on file you have already authorized payments up to a certain level but this is for me one step further in the promise of retail media which is you're very close to the point of commerce already yeah and so the ability to now take you from 
shoppable TV or connected TV to commerce, which is now so deeply enabled that it's literally a click of a button and it's on the same remote. These are the kind of partnerships that will further shorten the distance between ad spend and commerce, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, I know Roku has been in talks or at least rumored to be doing something with Netflix. Um, a bunch of our industry thought leaders are at Cannes this week. And or is it Khan? Khan, can my Indian Depend. accent will take Depends me down. Depends on if you're French route. or no, apparently. But a lot of rumors point to Google really, really working closely with Netflix or being seen at lunches and dinners with Netflix at Can. Apparently, Apple has a space there and they are notoriously incognito. They have like this black door with ASA written on it and it's What's the busiest... ASA? I don't know. I think it's Apple Advertising Services yeah. from Apple. No idea. It says ASA on the door, and only and it's apparently the buzziest place. But there is no real hoo ha happening over there. They don't have a yacht or an island or whatever else. But I think we should go to Cannes next year. What do you say? I'd love to. Yeah. Um, but retail media, I think, is continuing to show us its promise. There's also a lot of M and E activity. Um, there's a company called Acon I, which was acquired for about fifty million dollars. Uh, the announcement was made last week. And it's basically a platform that helps brands and marketers figure out how to deploy their spend automatically across e-commerce companies. And e-commerce spend, as we know, um, hits differently because you also have access to inventory information. And so they have the ability to, for example, automatically drop your expenditure if uh, your product is out of stock. So these are the kind of dynamics. That Not return on advertising spend? Um, where you deploy saying that... Yeah, so they can move it across, they can yeah. cut it down, but they can effectively make it more effective. Nice. Um, and this is interesting. Tech dealing with tech. Tech dealing with tech. And there's, there's a rumor to be several billion dollars of M&A activity in retail media that's taken place just in the last few months. And this brings back the earlier question which we talked about a few weeks ago, which is, where is retail media spend coming from? Which wallet is making room for this? Because it's not just coming from digital wallets. Yeah. 7% of global marketing today still comes from legacy channels, in-store advertising, print. And so this this is basically offering up a an enhanced method of spending those budgets as well as moving digital budgets as well as possibly creating new budgets because your ROI is so easily measurable. And so as it becomes more performant as a medium which is kind of what the Roku TV partnership is going to do to retail media expenditure. I wouldn't be surprised if we just see new budgets being created for retail media. Yeah. And it will come in from the fact that we are enabling such frictionless commerce, right? And I know we always talk about the secondary effects of things that are actually developing at this point in time. So when you talk about ad spend and commerce and the frictionless relationship between both of them, it also begs the question on ad fraud and fraud in general and security and regulation and we see this a lot in India right now and we kind of complain about it because of all the regulation that's come about in the ease of access to things. But if things had to go wrong for us at this point in time, given the fact that our card details are all over the place and, you know, there's such a lot of, there's, there's, there's absolutely no presence of friction at all, you could actually get drained out in a matter of seconds. There's nothing, there's no recourse for you, right? So I'm eager to see what happens on the regulation front because I feel like that will also spawn another industry altogether because it's all interconnected. I think retail budgets are going to be interesting to watch. Look, there is enough evidence to point to the fact that much like what we're seeing in TikTok, retail media is going to open new doors. And it's going to be interesting to watch because if you go back to this question of 
who's competing with whom for attention for yeah. ad dollars for eyeballs it puts it juxtaposes industries that traditionally don't belong next to each other and i know you listened to peter kafka's podcast where he was talking about where the streaming industry is going yeah and is netflix is it a netflix problem or a streaming problem yeah and i know these are not traditionally juxtaposed topics but today it's all pointing to the fact that advertisers view all these channels uh uh from the same vantage point yeah but you walked into the office today giggling about something you listened to on peter kafka's episode so what's going on with netflix again again netflix has become the you know it's it's unfortunately the poster child of good and bad at this point in time just like tiktok is the poster child for what how do we capture the attention of this generation in general so a lot of the legacy content companies today are actually um are grappling with the fact whether they are a streaming company or whether they are a content company whether they are they should be in the cinema or theaters or uh, you know creating different kinds of uh, uh, content that that uh, rivals tiktok and so on and so forth but that given the way everything is kind of moving around right now one of the biggest questions that everybody trying to find an answer to which has hurt netflix in a in a big way and everybody's kind of standing around saying oh i told you so which i feel is unfair because look they they started this entire streaming uh, uh, industry in general they kind of took a took a huge step forward in it and they kind of dragged everybody along and as consumers we are better for it we have uh, you know we have so many different types of streaming products that we can actually subscribe to content has a new lease on life uh, creators actors producers etc have a place for them to place their content that they produce on a shelf that can be identified and picked up by niche audiences the whole concept is a massive push on democratization of content discovery content production content consumption and so on and so forth it comes at a cost because it's not cheap to stream right and that's that's something that everybody has to keep in mind and so therefore it will start polarizing to companies that actually have a lot of cash to be able to bankroll this kind of streaming and the development that comes in this whole streaming industry but the fundamental question this particular uh, podcast kind of opened up with is okay so netflix lost 2 million subscribers where the hell did they go i think they all went back to work <laughs> in my opinion right but where did they go did they did peacock uh, get them did did somebody else some other stream did apple get them who got them right who got where where did this entire these all these subscribers actually move off to and uh, is an interesting question that nobody has an answer to at this point in time and, and with this conscious looming aware recession that we are all walking into a lot of people are consciously cutting down costs but if you think about it in a very different way we don't have to cut down on the ability to watch anything that we want to watch we can actually do it for cheap we can start we can we can we can cut down the number of streaming applications that we have we can we can economize on what we watch as a pay per view we can spend probably more time on tiktok but we can still be in the fray of understanding and knowing and consuming content right the reason why i was i was amused was of course the way they ended that entire podcast which is completely like this doomsday thing on advertising going bust and so on and so forth and and he was talking to uh, cnbc's alex sherman with you know on this entire topic of advertising and i'm look i'm a big believer in advertising i think everything that we do is advertising whether you know whether you call it retail media whether you are calling it a print ad whether you're calling it out of home whether you're calling it a call out on a podcast 
it all comes under the umbrella of advertising and advertising is information if i didn't know that my favorite brand has a discount and they i'm not going to go actively looking for it there's so much noise already in my life so i'm leaning on advertising to actually bring that to me and e-commerce in general right is also something that has um has leaned on advertising in a big way we call it like a lot of our customers call it 1p advertising and 3p advertising and i'm sure the rest of the retail uh, industry also calls it that but it's advertising at the end of the day and it's while you're talking about it being capped you also spoke about the fact that it's kind of taking money from other traditional sources as well we are also ba- we, the uh, ease of doing business has increased so that means we're going to have a lot more products and services which means that i need to know a lot more about where i can find these products and services so there's a lot happening around here and well advertising is still considered a bad word in 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 business today because it seems like it's an easy way out i think the difficult part and that's where i'm looking to companies like netflix or walmart and amazon and apple etc to redefine what is advertising right like it doesn't have to be a banner ad slapped on to just get my attention out of the make out it of, cool yeah, yeah make it yeah make it cool make it intrinsic make it implicit everybody loves a good salesman right i love a good ad so do you and today you know in the last week what we have seen with the kind of tweets and the coverage that we saw in khan that creativity is definitely being complimented it's being awarded and as human beings we love stories i don't want to only know something that is you know that's going to give me some kind of empirical jump i want to know how it made me feel that's the only th- only reason why i choose one brand over the other how i feel when i wear it or you know associate with it and so on and so forth so advertising is not dead it's definitely a lucrative industry and peter kafka kind of uh wraps up that episode saying while it's all doomsday about a whole bunch of stuff a lot of these industries are bankrolled on advertising e-commerce travel um uh, like marriott has come up with their own network yes. right we want to be spoken to as consumers we just want to be spoken to in the right tone manner and don't irritate me by giving me stuff i don't want and that's the beauty of the platform and that's where i feel publishers and platform owners alike have to really put their minds together to understand what is it that we can do to to be able to get across product and service messages to our consumers and still keep them happy yeah i think i think that's a beautiful narrative because that's kind of what the internet is going to evolve into everything from web 2 to web 3 to the evolution that we're seeing is kind of going back to this question of who's who and what is what because consumers now have power which means the more delicate this relationship is uh, or the more uh, uh, care with which advertisers approach this relationship and not abuse their right to stand in front of someone and pass their message along i think that will determine who evolves who lasts who survives so consumers have power consumers have the ability to spend the ability to block advertisers have the power to sort of arm twist you and overpower that and stand in front of your face but ultimately the most respectful relationship will last yeah nobody wants to be interrupted 100 times with the same ad people love being told a good story and i'm hoping that netflix and apple and the new age tech companies as well as media companies who are reinventing themselves can make advertising cool again by bringing back good old storytelling and honoring or respecting that relationship because the economics of advertising are watertight to me they hold yeah they hold 
they fund the internet they're going to keep our experiences running for us and so as long as everyone works with respect for each other and for every other participant and makes it a level playing field i think that's a beautiful narrative right there excellent so that brings us to the end of today's podcast and thank you everybody who have who are listening to us right now and have a lovely weekend thank you anand bye